0: Hi, welcome to the New Voting Project. My name is Kanal, your gracious host. Um, you may remember me from the series of other videos you've seen on this channel. <laughs> uh, today we're here with uh, Corey Goldstone, who is the Senior Communications Manager at Campaign Legal Center, or the CLC. Um, he's, worked in, he's worked for Rethink Media about money in politics and the Fair, for- Fair Courts Collaborative. Um, where you assisted in media monitoring, the production of social media and graphic content, um, as well as creating media lists and uh, press distributions. Uh, You've also worked as a media assistant at the political consulting agency um, and a press assistant for a DC mayoral campaign, which is something we do here a lot in California, run campaigns. Um, You're also a graduate of Georgetown, you know, dream school, by the way, you can hit me with any plugs after this video. You have a master's in public relations and corporate communications. Um, and you also went to Syracuse University, uh, BA in political science. So, poli sci for the win. Um, you also interned for uh, Senator Charles E. Schumer, which is interesting. Uh, we can talk about that. Uh, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us. I understand you're very hectic and it's very busy these days, but uh, yeah, let's dive in. All right, sounds
1: good.
0: All right, so. Uh, Corey, for the viewers, kind of touch on your work um, at CLC, um, why you work for them, what got you into politics, why you came to the CLC after your extensive list um, of resume activities, and how college, you know, Georgetown, alma mater, uh, how did it prepare you to deal with um, your current job?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, First, you know, thanks for having me be a part of the project. It's really an honor. Uh, It's exciting to talk to you and to your audience about voting rights and things we do at Campaign Legal Center. Um, I really started becoming involved in politics back in college. Um, I interned on a political campaign, and then that helped me get the role that I got as an intern for Chuck Schumer in his Central New York office, um, which was one of his seven regional offices. Um, And that job exposed me to constituent services and communications. And it turned out that the latter of the two ended up being my career path. Um, And so it was really a springboard opportunity for me to get involved in politics, see how it runs, um, and also see how the media and politicians interact. Um, And I realized that there was so much to be done in that space and that it was a good fit for
0: Makes sense, makes sense. And you think college prepared you to deal with your current employment?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, one of the biggest things that I learned from my college experience at Syracuse as an undergrad was really writing skills um, and analytical thinking. And um, I also studied a lot of political systems and that prepared me for what I'm doing now. Um, I also just happened to meet my current boss, who is another Syracuse grad. And so the, the network um, really played a hand in, in connecting me to other professionals in my field.
2: Got it.
0: Very cool, yeah. Um, if I go to Syracuse, let's make sure that happens, you know, just- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and do you think, because Campaign Legal Center is primarily focused on voting rights, right, you know, keeping the elections intact in the United States. What are some lessons do you think CLC learned as a whole during the 2020 election is very tumultuous um, and what solutions, what exactly is CLC advocating for these days?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, CLC works on four major issues and voting rights is one of those four issues. The other ones are campaign finance reform, ethics in government, and then also fair redistricting. So looking back at 2020, it was a really tumultuous year. Um, There were a lot of barriers in front of voters. Um, The Campaign Legal Center advocated for nonpartisan voting reforms to encourage broader participation. And as a result, Um, this was an enormous success. Um, America turned out to vote in record numbers in 2020. There were a lot of ways it could have gone wrong. Um, There were challenges, including the viral pandemic that was sweeping across the the globe, and civil unrest, which was at a high last year. Um, Despite all that, there were a lot of hard-working election officials that finished the vote count, certified the results, and stood up to intense pressure from um, forces like Donald Trump who tried to circumvent the election procedures that have been clearly established. So, CLC and our team of legal experts advocated for these free and fair elections throughout the process, and I, in my role as a communications manager, made sure that the media and the public were hearing the right information about how to consult um, a fair election. Right, yeah, well,
0: you know, we as is- I guess the people, cause I represent all of them, right? Um, we, we thank you for your, for your services at the CLC. I think that's extraordinary work. Um, can you kind of touch upon, you know, why is voting important? You know, it's a very basic question. You know, why are voting rights important? You know, it's an issue we're dealing with, you could say for the past 60 years, for the past 250 years in some cases, why should people care about voting?
1: People should care about voting because it affects every issue that you care about. So if you are able to vote, then you can talk about access to health care, you can talk about gun safety, you can talk about um, fighting back against climate change, improvements in schools, jobs, um, you name it, I could go on and on. But in order to be able to ensure that a political system is responsive and accountable to the needs of the people, you have to have a voting system that allows everyone to participate. And so it's the belief of our organization and the partners we work with that the more people that participate in our democracy and vote, the more our laws and our government reflect the will of the people.
0: Got it. And uh, who are some of your partners out of curiosity?
1: Oh, I could list so many. We have dozens that I've worked with in almost five years at Campaign Legal Center, but just to name a couple that you might have heard of, um, the ACLU, uh, Common Cause, League of Women Voters, Okay. um, there are many others. Um, It just depends on kind of which issue we're working on and whether it's um, litigation in the courtroom or if it's advocacy in states. Um, There are a lot of different things we do with different partners. It's very important to us as a national organization that's based in D.C., that we're uplifting the voices of our state partners because they know their issues the best,
0: right? It makes sense, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we know those organizations, at least I do.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know how much your audience looks into these types of mission driven nonprofits, but um, yeah. there are do- dozens of them, and a lot of them have different focus. Some of them yeah. are more like civil rights oriented, some of them are interested in improving minority access to the ballot box or disability voting rights, um, or they're just focused on campaign finance reform. Um, there's, I could go on and on with lists of great organizations that people should follow on social media and support with uh, contribution if they can, but um, a lot of these organizations you can find at some point by looking at our website.
0: Got it, yeah, no, here when we campaign, at least in the Bay Area, we work with the League of Women Voters. They endorse local candidates. Um, I'm not sure if they have their own independent expenditure, but in some cases, if they do, they also, you know, send the mailer, or the occasional flyer um, to residents. But yeah, no, uh, ACLU, there's a Northern California branch. <laughs> I like to say I have some friends there who look out for me <laughs> in some That's right. Yeah, um, kind, of, kind of moving towards, I guess, central on voting rights. Um, we see in Georgia right now, like an extreme, extreme situation where voting rights are being publicly, you know, almost taken from, from citizens after the 2020 elections. They're being restricted um, and they're not, you know, what is so-called to be inalienable rights and free and fair elections. Can you explain kind of why this is happening? Um, what tools are being used to accomplish these goals and how we can um, counteract them?
1: Yeah, the omnibus voter suppression bill that passed and was signed into law in Georgia is an affront to democracy. It makes it harder for communities of color to participate. And it erects unnecessary burdens on nonprofits that are just trying to register people to vote and help them obtain absentee ballots. Or give them a water
0: bottle in some cases.
1: Or give them a water bottle, um, which is really wild that we've come to a place where people object to um, what they call line warming,
2: which is just
1: giving people access to water or like snacks while they're waiting online. It just shows the fact that the only reason that this is a problem is that people are waiting online for hours. Otherwise, they wouldn't need water because they'd be going in and out of the polling place. So what they should really be doing is figuring out how to decrease the wait times at these polling places, not how to punish people for giving out water in the lines. Um, So Campaign Legal Center has sued the state of Georgia um, because we disagree um, with the legal interpretation that they put into place when they passed this law. Um, We're representing organizations that help people um, navigate the complicated technology that they need to do to register to vote and also request absentee ballots. So an example is Vote America, um, which is a national nonprofit, which is based over near you in the Bay Area Canal. So if you're interested in looking into one of these civic tech organizations, Vote America is one that I recommend. Um, So they basically were very successful in 2020 registering voters under age 30, and also increasing black turnout and Native American voter turnout. Um, And they've been trying to build on last year's success, but what they've been met with is all this resistance by state legislatures. They're passing bills that make it impossible or very difficult for these third party organizations to just reach out to voters and help them with their application to get an absentee ballot. Um, We believe at Campaign Legal Center that it should not take a once in a lifetime pandemic um, for somebody to be able to vote by mail. Um, If it's more convenient for them to vote by mail because they have childcare responsibilities, they have a doctor's office appointment, um, they work two jobs, they're shift workers, they have disabilities that make it harder for them to get around, we think that they should be able to vote by mail. It's a safe and secure method of voting And all the states have very secure um, procedures in place to make sure people don't vote twice or vote in in place of another person. Um, So there really is no good reason not to allow every person who votes to vote by mail if they'd like to.
0: Right. And you you talked about like the prongs of the CLC, right? The different um, issues Um, the organization deals with. How does redistricting uh, fit into the issue of voting rights um, and fair representation?
1: Yeah, um, advocating for fair maps in voting districts is one of the cornerstone um, advocacy um, planks that we're going to be focusing on this year because 2021 is a map drawing year. So every 10 years after the census counts all the people that are living in the US. In most states, politicians redraw the lines to try to benefit their party and make it easier for them to get reelected. And we call the process when it's abused like that, gerrymandering. And so we fight gerrymandering in the courts and through advocacy as well. Um, And we've launched now a website called planscore.org which is meant to help voters and journalists understand the characteristics of all the new plans that are gonna be proposed in the coming weeks. So um, this fall, a lot of the maps are gonna be drawn and passed by state legislatures. Um, We advocate for the power of redrawing the maps to be taken away from politicians because they have a self-interest in trying to redraw the lines in a way that gets them reelected. So we think it should be done by independent citizens commissions. So if if regular citizens like yourself are involved in the process and you balance it for the equal number of Democrats and equal number of Republicans, it will have a much better result than if you just give one party the control over the pen and they could just redraw the lines and try to silence the voters of the votes of people that disagree with them.
0: Makes sense. Make that. And kind of why is it important to work with nonpartisan? You, you'd mentioned kind of nonpartisan organizations, independent commissions. Why is that the key here when it comes to redistricting?
1: Yeah, so the political parties are only looking out for themselves. And the truth is that to be able to pass reform, uh, people have to look long-term at the structural issues of our democracy and beyond their own self-interest and who they think is the better party to be drawing the maps. Because the reality is that um, politicians are always going to do what's in their own self-interest and we need to make sure that they don't have the power to redraw the maps. Um, And so when a nonpartisan organization brings cases in court usually they're viewed with more credibility because they're bringing it on behalf of voters and it's regardless of political affiliation. So I think people tend to look a little bit more skeptically at um, court cases that are brought by organizations that are closely affiliated with one of the parties.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would be skeptical. Um, And I guess shifting towards you now, do you have any political aspirations?
1: Oh, thanks for asking. That's funny. Um, I haven't been asked that question, (laughs) but um, not in one of these types of forums, but um, I would be interested depending on what role um, arises. um, I'm certainly open-minded to it. Mm -hmm. Um, It has to be a good fit for somebody like me um, and take advantage of the skills that I have. So um, I would say that working in a administration in the future that is on the side of voting rights um, would be interesting to me too Um, being a spokesperson for you know a government agency or the white house or a major cabinet level position um, would be really cool it would be a great opportunity to serve the country Um, you know we're rabble-rousers from the outside you know at campaign legal center we're mission-driven organization, it would be really cool to be kind of on the inside and being able to break news and shape how the public thinks about the major policy initiatives that an administration rolls out. So um, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. open-minded.
0: And as soon as you get one of those jobs, you call me, right? <laughs> so that has to be, and I want this on video, right? <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: witnesses to this. Hold
1: me to it, hold me yeah, to exactly. it, you know. Um,
0: uh and yeah that that's a good answer um if you become press secretary then just letting you know
1: um, yeah 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 that'd be it'd be a fun job it would be stressful i'm sure but
0: um, i turned over by the way
1: yeah yeah that's true i mean you see these people going in and out and they rarely last more than two years but yeah. the good jen, thing is
0: jen saki said she would she would uh I, not retire but leave her post in a year
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering what she'll do next. A lot of the previous um, press secretaries have gone on to be, you know, contributors at CNN, or you know, they've gone to be like communications advisors for major companies, or they've gone to work at strategic communications firms, or even found their own firms. Um, so it's cool. It's really interesting to see people's career paths. I'm always on LinkedIn checking out where people. Um, came from before they got the big job and so you know a, it's a constant curiosity for me
0: oh, That's good yeah keep it up and don't forget me that's the real parts of the argument um, but uh, where can we where can we follow um, and receive updates on the CLC
1: yeah so Get people engage on all social media platforms um, you can find us which includes Facebook Twitter LinkedIn Instagram YouTube. Most of our handles are just at Campaign Legal. Um, And then you can also visit our website at campaignlegal.org. And in the top right corner, there's an about section. If you go down, it says get updates and that can add you to the subscriber list. Um, And to really understand what CLC is doing and the the voice we speak with and the experts we have and the content we're publishing, um, it's really important to just be an email subscriber um, because that's the best way to stay up to date. Right,
0: um, and can Ad Campaign Legal on Twitter, follow me back?
1: <laughs> um, no promises. Let's see, how many followers do you have? Like a hundred? Well, I can get you up to 101.
2: There
1: we go,
0: yeah. I'm all Kaware. Um, But no, a lot of... um, Some organizations do follow me. A lot of local candidates follow me. You know, some have blue stripes. Some don't.
1: That's cool. I don't have a blue stripe, but um, I I just followed you, so now you have 103.
0: Fantastic, yeah. But CLC should really follow me because, you know...
2: uh,
1: Yeah, CLC's got tens of thousands of Twitter followers, so I'm always happy to see when one of my colleagues has retweeted me. Um, Because I... (laughs) I, I am involved with the digital team on a daily basis, but um, one of my colleagues, really, does the the, the posting most of the time from right. social media. But I advise on messaging, to make sure that we're consistent with our values.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, and, I guess circling back to me, because right, I'm the star of the show. No, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> um, humility, guys, humility. Um. Is there anything you'd recommend to my generation? We call it Gen Z, you wanna call us teenagers, you know, uh, maybe juveniles sometimes, delinquents is really an extreme. Um, how can we make an impact on voting and elections and being engaged, civic engagement, involvement? What do we do?
1: Yeah, read the article before you post on social media. Um, that's one recommendation. Um, I think people are pretty quick to judgment these days, and they're not always doing the due diligence uh, mm-hmm. before they trust the information enough to pass it along. And I think that the the, the next generation that's coming up, um, they're really good at deciphering truth from fiction and like are more skeptical of what they read, um, which is a good thing, but the tendency on social media these days to um, simplify issues that are very complicated into like memeable moments. Echo romance. chambers? Yeah. yeah. Like like a, you know, trying to simplify something that that really requires a lot more nuance and, and making like a, a graphic to, to explain it. Like people have to like do a little extra digging before they share things. Um, I think that's the best way to do it. So I I just recommend like a high level of media literacy for anybody that wants to go into this field. And to do that, it just requires a lot of reading. It requires um, making sure that the sources that you're getting information from are credible. Um, I think that volunteering on campaigns is like one of the best ways to get involved practically speaking Um, you know I've done that and a lot of people I know have done that Um, and also publishing content so like you've done that on your YouTube channel Um, being active and writing articles on LinkedIn and um, interviewing people and building relationships is really important also um, keeping in touch with people that you make contact with Um, not all the time but like six months later, after you talk with somebody, just kind of sending them an update on your life and what you're looking to do and where you're living and what courses you're taking. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people are afraid to do. They think, why does anyone care about my life, you know? But but the truth is like, you know, it's much easier to ask somebody for help down the line if you've kept up in touch with them over time. and. If it just takes like a little bit of maintenance of relationship just so that people remember you. Um, like if you ever came to DC, I'd be happy to like buy you a coffee and ask you about what your your interests are, what you're hoping to do. Um, so it just like it takes a little bit of um, reminding and kind of keeping in touch. So I, I always encourage people to like add me as a connection on LinkedIn, follow me on Twitter, engage with my posts. And that's another way just to like, reminds me, oh, like, I remember speaking to you at that time. It's just a, it's a good practice generally.
0: Right. Yeah. And then um, when you're press secretary, you know, take me into the White House, have me meet the president, some things like that, you know,
1: that wouldn't be too bad. Wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be bad for either one of us. Exactly.
2: (laughs)
0: Um, But yes, thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for um, your input. I know these are uh, heavy topics to discuss sometimes, like you said, complicated. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for your insight um, and for your hard work at the CLC. Um, It's not always easy to take a stand against special interests or um, other views, diverse opinions, let's call them um so yeah thank you thank you so much
2: yeah it was
1: a pleasure um i hope it hope it goes well with the project and looking forward to keeping in touch Uh, thanks for speaking with me today
0: of course yeah thank you so much and feel free to come back on the show um anytime you'd like maybe when you're press secretary you come back
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then you have a million uh subscribers right
0: oh i don't know about that
1: Uh, yeah well you're you're starting early and that's that's really the key like having owen's content is like one of the best things you can do
0: yeah makes sense but yeah thank you so much and uh hope you enjoy the rest of your day
2: absolutely take it easy have a great weekend too bye-bye